InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Thanks for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Thursday, November 1st, first day of the month. Thank goodness we got through October, huh? And holiday alert, Thanksgiving is only three weeks away from today. And, you know, thank goodness. That's my favorite holiday, as you know. And a quick uh, reminder that Thursday Night Football is on tonight. For and My nephew is on the 49ers, Dante Pettis, so look for him. At least root for him. Hopefully he'll get in and play. I'm Steve Peasley. <clears throat> Excuse my voice there. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for making time for Invest Talk. And we have one clear objective on Invest Talk, and that's to help you grow and protect your money. We talk about it all the time. I want you to become a better investor, better than average investor. That's the goal. And to do that, we try to provide information, try to teach. 888 99 is our number. You can call and ask questions, any kind of financial questions, and we'll talk about it. Now, the market this morning opened with uh, triple digits, and it closed with triple digits. That was the third day in a row. So that was good. But the month of October was not a good month. We got a 10% correction, a full 10% correction. Depending on what index you want, a little bit more than that. You want to take a look at it, you know, the, the, the more volatile indexes, they went down a little bit more, 12% or so. <clears throat> So that, that is a very uh, health-restoring collection. And, of course, no one knows who it's over. Tomorrow, after hours, Apple reported numbers after hours tonight. And if they open up 7% down like it was trading in aftermarket, that will be 100 points plus down on the Dow tomorrow. So we'll see how that works out. This week, we had unemployment showing uh, wages were rising. Uh uh, over the last quarter, and it looks like the economy is still growing pretty strong and will continue into the holiday season. So those things, you know, that those things could could feel more volatility. Don't necessarily just because October is over doesn't mean volatility goes away. No, not at all. It doesn't know what that means. But it was pretty interesting. Oil sixty five dollars a barrel. And if you remember right, the sanctions against Iran are taking effect November November 5th. So they haven't even taken place yet. Well, Iranian oil experts uh, exports have already dropped about 800,000 barrels, but they're still, that's from the peak this year, but they're still pumping about 1.7, 1.9 million barrels per day out there and making that money. So, and its biggest customers, which are China and India, they're going to keep buying from Iran. Don't think that they're not. They are. So, you know, I, I can't. Oil prices are probably going to stay high. It's hard for me to see them getting lower. Not yet, anyways. Manufacturing, you know, and the uh, ISM number came out today. Uh, and we're still pretty healthy there. It did fall from its peak, but it's still very healthy. 30-year mortgages fell a little bit today, 4.83%. For 30-year fixed mortgage, 
and you know housing prices because the lack of inventory is still higher. Now, there's other economic in indicators that I want to talk about later on in the show, productivity and construction spending, there are two of them. And I think productivity is something we should talk every time it comes out. It only comes out once a quarter. So I want to make sure we talk about that. So as you can tell, there's plenty of market news to talk about today. And, of course, we will talk about it. I will. Big story for IBM investors this week was IBM's acquisition of Red Hat. You know, Red Hat, do you know how big that acquisition was? Remember, Red Hat is the Linux operating system giant. You know, they they that was that that's that open source uh, software. So now IBM owns it because they want to get more into the uh, cloud computing. I mean, that you know, IBM is more of a service company these days, and cloud computing is exploding. Microsoft has has moved there over recent years. It's just exploding, and it will probably continue to do so. So it's an interesting story. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more. The five biggest tech deals of all time, which is IBM and buying Red Hat is one of them. Do you know what the others are? Well, we're going to just, I'll bring that up. We'll talk about that. Okay, let's make time for a caller now. We don't want to get too much into all that weeds. So let's go ahead. Our number is 888-99-CHART. Hey, uh, my name's Aaron. I'm calling from Pressure, Pennsylvania. I had a quick question. I'm new to the all the stocks and shares and that kind of market. Is this the best time to invest in the market or for a first timer like myself or do I have to wait for a better time? That's all my question. Thank you very much and take care. Bye-bye. Okay, the best time to invest in the market. The best time is in the depths of a recession. <clears throat> That's the best time. We've had a what, nine-year bull market, meaning the market's gone up nine years. That's very unusual. So I, you really need to be concerned about that because if you're starting investing now, doesn't mean you're going to have another nine-year bull market. You're not. Chances are very, very slim about that. Now, the market also has a yearly cycle, yearly cycle. The best months of the invest in the market are October, November, December, January, February, March. Those six months and the other six months are the worst times in investment market. So as far as the yearly cycle, this is the best time to start investing. Usually, October marks a bottom. It's very common that it does. It doesn't happen every year, but it's common. So I'm hoping it will mark a bottom this year with a big correction head, 10%, which, okay, I, I don't want to say that's a big correction. That's normal correction. A big correction would be 15 to 20. Anything over 20 is a bear market. <clears throat> so I, we're not in a bear market, but you ask the question, what is this a good time or the best time to invest in the market? And yeah, well, I guess it's a good time, but just be aware that recessions are the best time to invest, okay? Appreciate the call. I really do. Thank you. Now, we saw that IBM uh, is, uh, is offering or going to pay $34 billion cash and debt to acquire Red Hat, a major distributor of open source software technology, Linux operating system. And this story was at uh, Investopedia. $34 billion is a lot of money, but has there been other bigger deals? Well, here's the top five. Here's the top five. $67 billion for Dell. I mean, $67 billion in 2016, Dell bought EMC. Remember that? EMC is an information technology company, kind of like, I guess, uh, I think it's 
like IBM, I'm not sure. Cloud-based storage centers, yeah, kind of what IBM wants to be. It's a pretty big company. I mean, the revenue for EMC was $74 billion, so it's a pretty big company. Number two is the $37 billion Avago Technologies uh, bought... Uh, um, Avago Technologies proposed $37 billion bought uh, chipmaker Broadcom. And they took Broadcom's name. This is not this company's based out of Singapore. Broadcom Inc. is what it's called. Um, so that was a big deal. Remember that one? Remember that there was a there was a battle over it. Um, uh, I think the I think I think Qualcomm wanted to buy that one. I mean there was there was remember that that they don't but that that, that didn't who win. And then there's, then there's the IBM deal, thirty four billion dollars for Red Hat. Then $31.4 billion, SoftBank Group, SoftBank, which is going IPO pretty soon, which is going to be a huge IPO because they're big. They bought UK chip designer Arm Holdings. So that was a $31.4 billion. Um, and $26 billion, Microsoft deal to buy LinkedIn. That was December of 2016. So these deals were recent, 2016 to now. So they're pretty big deals in the technology sector. So if all the talk of billion dollar deal mega deals is interesting, but you are not yet a billionaire, I hope you're applying some common sense strategies. Maybe you become a billionaire. Well, that, that may be a stretch in a bit, but at least make you wealthy. If you decide you are ready for experienced, unbiased professional guidance, please feel free to reach out to me or Justin at our KPP financial office in Dana Point, California. Or you can just send me an email, a message through investtalk.com, and we'll help you. We want to help you. We like doing it. I love doing it. I'm Steve Peasley, and there's a lot going on today. Hopefully, I can get to it. And a lot, a lot coming up in days ahead. I mean, tomorrow we have the monthly jobs report. We got the election next week. And, of course... Don't forget, I'm, I did our first Investor Academy class today. We had a few technical difficulties because it, you know, it's our first time, so we'll work out those wrinkles. And I will be in San Jose coming up Wednesday, November 7th. That's next week. So if you want to set up a time to be with me, now's the time to do it. Have a couple slots left. I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. whether your current investment strategy is working as well as it could, as well as it should? Well, if you explore the list of strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial, and you can do this anytime at investdoc.com, you can quickly see just what you may be missing. Okay, the phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Time to give me a call. Today's main talking point. Employment costs, that is wages and salaries, they've jumped 3.1% in the most recent quarter, just reported. Now, that's the highest level in a decade. Salaries going up. Now, is that a sign of inflation? Is that what the Federal Reserve is trying to fight? Is that why they've been raising rates? 
Anyway, so I'll give you my perspective. It's kind of interesting. And along with that, I want to talk about productivity and construction reports out this week as well. Picking up bargains. Bargains and stocks. I have five stocks that I think are really uh, good bargains. That doesn't mean you buy them. I'm just going to talk about them. Uh, this is an article that I picked up on uh, MarketWatch. A recent study showing the true state of the family's financial health. True state. Got some stats. I always like stats. I don't know if you like them, but I do. You have to tell me if you don't like them, and I'll stop talking about them. And I didn't get to this yesterday, the hidden debt bomb that the Chinese have funded. Now, the debt bomb, not Chinese debt, the debt bomb that they funded to other emerging market countries. There's, there's, this could be the, where the next crisis comes from. And I'll explain that. I will get to it today. I will. I promise. I promise. And I saw this and I said, oh, this is kind of strange. Uh, okay, what do you? Th- how much money do you think it takes to be a one percenter of the wealth, one percent of the population of wealth in the world? In the world, how much money do you have? How much? What do your net worth have to be? Net worth have to be. That's really the number. What do your net worth have to be to be the top one percent? And I, I, I was kind of amazed with this, and it's low to me, $871,320. Remember, this is the top 1% in the world. Why do I think it's low? Maybe because I'm in California, and there's hard, you can't buy a house for $800,000. You can get a condominium, but you can't buy a, a decent-sized house. Maybe a junk house you could. <laughs> so, so... I'm thinking, wow, <clears throat> that just that just seemed kind of low to me. Does this, remember, this is top 1% of the world. 1%. Anyways, the market was up today. Dow was up 264 points. The NASDAQ up 128, and the S&P up 29. Three days in a row. Let's see if we'll make it forward by tomorrow. Maybe not because of Apple. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have a singular mission. That's help you grow your money and protect your investments. Today, you know, today's lesson was about protecting investments. So I encourage you to take a free risk tolerance quiz at investtalk.com. It's free. Just a few questions and get you a risk number. The phone lines are open. I'm ready for your questions. Give us a call. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Northern California, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. It's coming up fast, and you can register now at investtalk.com. Steve's portfolio review appointments are free, but they are limited. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Okay, so we've had a pretty good blizzard of information, statistics, economic statistics come out this week. And tomorrow we're going to have the jobs report for October already. <clears throat> so that's going to be a big number uh, that everybody's going to look at. I think we're looking for about 200,000 jobs. But for the quarter, for the quarter, we had a couple reports. And so one was wages and salaries. That went up 3.1%. 
Now, remember, our inflation rate has been under 3%, and the Fed has been raising rates, many times citing a worry or concern about inflation. So this is the first time we've seen little any evidence of some kind of pickup in wage inflation. Now, it's not tremendously out of control or anything, but you, you would expect wage inflation to happen since we're at, what, the 3.8% unemployment rate? I mean... I mean, that's pretty darn low. Uh, on a point with 3.7%, the most recent. And that hasn't been that low since 1969. So the 3.1%, uh, uh, the 3.1% in the, way, uh, in the uh, wages and salaries is the largest jump we had in 10 years. 10 years. So pretty big jump, everybody. So the Fed is going, that this gives the Fed plenty of ammunition to raise the rates in December. They said they're probably going to raise it one more time, and I think they're going to raise it next month, December. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't doubt that for some reason. And as I said, I still don't think they don't have enough ammunition or enough, enough excuse to bump the rates. You have to remember, when the Federal Reserve bumps rates today, it takes three Six, nine months for this rate that they bumped today to filter through all through the economy. So the rates that they have done this year, the first one is now fully in inside in the economy and, and absorbed. The second one hasn't yet. The third one hasn't at all, not much. So if you're raising more and more and more, you're putting more and more. You, you don't know what the end result is. They don't either, by the way. Don't think. A lot of people think the Federal Reserve is this all-knowing, you know, agency because they're so smart. Yeah. Well, they are a bunch of smart guys, but a bunch of smart guys sometimes do from very dumb things. So, and it, and they have a history. They have a history, a clear history, a very, very provable history of raising rates just before the recession. And then what do they do? They turn it around, start lowering the rates because they, you know, they, they raise them too far. Well, come on, guys. I've, I've been whining about this for some time. I mean, we're not talking just months. We're talking years I've been whining about this. Why can't they get it right? Um, they should have raised them faster is what I thought they should have done. Instead of a quarter point, how about a half a point a couple, three times this last three years? But no. Uh, they didn't want to. So they're doing this quarter point dance. And don't think it's always, you know, for people that's in the last, since what, about 15, 20 years, maybe they don't realize that that's, the Fed used to raise them more than a quarter point or lower them more than a quarter point at a time. They can do it. And they used to raise them whenever they felt necessary. They didn't wait for necessarily a meeting and then raise them. They would raise them between meetings. All it takes is a phone call between the you know the chairman and the other, what twelve Fed members and discussions, and they just vote and there you go. They can do that all behind closed doors and, and announce it tomorrow. And they used to do that kind of thing. They, then they went on this transparency kick. <laughs> and what cracks me up is they wanted to be transparent. I understand the thinking there, I do. But what was funny is. <laughs> Is the they the 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 language the old federal chairman used to be before uh, who was it before Janet Yellen um, the old guy whatever his name is uh, anyways he would talk in circles 
And you had to try to figure out what the heck he was trying to say. It was supposed to be transparent. So, yeah, right. The other one was much more, much easier to understand what she was saying. And and I don't know about Powell. He's new. So we'll see over time. We definitely will see over time. And before we get done with the show, I really definitely want to talk about the debt issue um, that China China funded. Now, China has its own debt problems, right? They, they have lots of debt kept off the books, all the cities and states and municipalities or whatever, billions upon billions of wands and dollars off the books. But over the last 15 years, China has been funding, and we all know about it. There's been published in articles about it, have been funding other third world countries around China, all those Malaysian smaller companies, about a hundred of them, low-income countries with loans from China. Now those loans, those loans are coming due. Those loans are in U.S. dollars, not in, not foreign currency, and China is is lending has dried up. They don't want to do it anymore, and no one knows how big this problem is. This could be a big issue. Tomorrow on Vestock, one bull expert has predicted that stocks will surge 8%, hitting new highs by year end. That story tomorrow, 8%, is that going to get us to new highs? We had a 10% correction. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. You are listening to Invest Talk, streamed and broadcast live Monday through Friday afternoons in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific Time and available 24-7 via podcast replays at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 
1-800-922-4278. Let's talk to Jonathan in San Jose. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm fine, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Um, I had a question about a stock that I own, Pacific Biosciences. Mm -hmm. The stock symbol is P-A-C-B. Yes. What's your question? Um, uh, after markets, they were, they announced that they were going to be acquired by another company for $8 a share. I was wondering uh -huh. how would that work? Do I need okay. to sell my stock or what do I do? You can. You can. Okay, let's talk about when the company A is being acquired by company B. So someone is buying... Pacific Biosciences, and their current stock price is $4.51. So, Jonathan, you told me that they're going to buy it for $8 a share. So, what will happen? Tomorrow morning, this stock will open up about 90% of the way up to $8 a share. That would be a normal thing. Now, this, this is a very tiny company, and it hasn't made any money. It may not go up 90%, but generally, the company being bought goes up to about 90% of the price that, the, that they're buying at, $8. So 90% of $8 is, you know, $7.20 or so. Somewhere around there, okay? Now, you, Jonathan, can then turn around and sell it, you know, just like a regular sell in the open market. You can do that. Or you can hold on to it and wait till the sell takes place. And if they're buying it for all cash, you'll get $8 a share. If they're buying for cash and maybe shares of the company, in other words, they don't necessarily have to buy it for all cash. They can give you $4 in cash and the rest in shares of the new company, of the company that is doing the buying. Or it could be all shares, no cash at all. It can be just $8 worth of the current company's stock. I don't know. You have to read what they say. Generally, Jonathan, generally, it's a smart thing to go ahead and sell the company for 90% of what the price was because it could take a long time to, to complete the offer. And the only thing that could get worse is if the deal doesn't go through, then the, the stock will go right back to where it was. So that's your danger. My past experiences told me, take the money, Jonathan, sell your stock and be happy and invest in something else. And congratulations. That's a good thing. We made a lot of money on it. Okay. John, thanks for the call. P-A-C-B. P-A-C-B is the symbol. Bio, Pacific Biosciences. By the way, it's a company that doesn't make any money. It's worth about $600 million, and they're paying about $1.2 billion, billion for it. But they don't, they don't, they, I mean, they only do like 20 million shares a quarter. Okay, that, that's not you know, that's not a lot. Just And there's no profits. They're not going to make any money this year, not in the next year. But apparently, they whatever they're doing, developing an integrated platform which records single molecular events in real time for genetic analysis. Apparently, that's worth a lot of money. <laughs> okay. So anyway, just to finish up, China has lent a bunch of money to a bunch of countries, a hundred of them, poor countries around uh, around them, and these companies put, put that borrowed money to work, maybe uh, infrastructure or opening up mines, whatever they did with the money, it's spent. Now they have to pay it back, 
and there's there's an economic slump going on here. Where are they gonna Where are they gonna get the money? Where is it gonna money? No one knows how much money it is. No one knows. And IMF, the IMF, you know, one of these countries went to the IMF, uh, and they're saying we'd like to borrow some money because you know we have issues. Now IMF is saying. Well, what loan did, did China make to you? How, what's your what? What kind of money we're talking about that you borrowed already? Because that's the only way. We're, no one they don't report it. No one no one knows. How big of a problem is this? No one knows. This could be the next financial crisis. It could. We just don't know. It's all in the dark. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Just like you know, we had our first class Invest Talk Academy today. And it was, it went well. First, it's an hour. And today we talked about how to protect a portfolio using shorts, uh, being diversified, uh, how to hedge a portfolio, those kinds of things. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that, that people who listen to that, listen to it, may, thought it was worthwhile. Uh, the, the price to join, remember, we're going to have a class every day, every, well, once a week, every week, a new class, new subject. It costs $69 a month. So, if you're interested, go to investtalkacademy.com. All right, time. This one line is always open. Lori from Phoenix called earlier with a question on, I don't know what you wanted a question on, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. This is Laura from Phoenix. I am about a couple of years away from retirement, and I have one stock in my portfolio that's up about six, maybe 700%, and as a result, it's about, 10% of my portfolio, but it's in an area that I think is doing pretty good in the uh, economy. So I'm thinking that it's a lower risk to hold on to this stock, but I'd like your opinion. The stock is N as in Norman, S as in Sam, P as in Peter, and it's in Sparity. I will listen to your answer on the podcast. Thank you. Okay. Insperity Inc. Insperity. N-S-P. Headquarters out of Texas. It provides payroll, administration, health workers, compensation, insurance programs, and personal records management. It's a $4.6 billion company, so it's a mid-cap company, mid-size. Makes lots of money. It's growing its money, 44% profit growth this year. That's the estimate. And 13% next year. Sales are growing 15%, 16%, 15 16% last four quarters. Very steady. And I will tell you this. This kind of company works very good when the economy is healthy. It will tank. It will go down hard in the next recession. You said it's 10% of your portfolio. I would rebalance. I would cut that back down to maybe 5% because there's no reason. You don't want to be owning this, have that much money in this one stock when the next recession comes because it'll be very, very painful for you. So you want to maybe it had a couple of good days, maybe follow it up with a trailing stop. And we talked about that today at Invest Talk Academy. Maybe with a trailing stop, you know, maybe, you know, well, I would say about 5% below its current price. And if it keeps going up, you just keep moving that stop up. And that way, if it moves down, then you should sell half your shares. Okay, that's what a trailing stop will do for you. Um, therefore, you're protecting your profits. And if it does go up, you're still in it. But you don't sell it all because it is strong. It's healthy. You sell half. You get that 10% down to 5% of your portfolio.
Even 5% is pretty high. I, our normal purchase is about 3% of the stock. That'd be our normal purchase size for us. Okay, new listeners to Invest Talk may not realize that KPP Financial, our firm, my firm, has been producing the, this program for more than 20 years. Invest Talk. I like doing it. Ben likes doing it. Justin and I are glad to continue to do it. We want to do it. I enjoy it. We also know that some of you will recognize that our training experience can be brought to your table. So if you want to do that, you can maximize, you know, try to help guide you to higher wealth, better money management at the very least. It's a win-win situation. I can take a look at your portfolio. If it's for free, listen to, you know, submit your questions anytime you want. You can register for a no-cost portfolio review right now. And it's very easy. Go to investtalk.com, send me an email. Simple as that. You can attach your portfolio if you like. 888-99-CHART is our number. This is Invest Talk, made possible KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. And that can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all InvestTalk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP premium newsletter, InvestTalk webinars, and the new online training class, InvestTalk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Pete from sunny Vegas. The question I have is I was talking to a friend of mine and I was trying to explain to him the little that I know about earnings per share and generally it's not a good idea to buy when the earnings per share is a minus. We're looking at a stock that was, I think, minus 5.52 earnings per share. So he asked me, well, the earnings per share, is that something that is measured since the beginning of the year, the last month, the last 12 months? And I really didn't know. I didn't know how often it changes. I, we were looking at Yahoo Finance, which if you put in the ticker symbol, the first thing it shows up is, uh, you know, all kinds of stats, uh, shares traded, whatever, and EPS earnings per share. So if you could answer me the question, earnings per share goes back how far? Is it a month, a year, or is it a rotating, revolving thing? Anyway, love your show, guys. Thank you very much, Stephen Justin. Love your show. Wouldn't miss it. Take care. Have a nice one, guys. Bye-bye. Now, actually, that's a very good question. I bet you a lot of people don't know. Okay, let's talk about earnings per share, EPS. It's always ex expressed in EPS, earnings per share. The initials. Okay. Earnings per share are reported every quarter by the corporations. But when you do your PE ratios and your calculation, it's on an annual basis. How much money they're going to make this year? How much money they make last year? And what's the estimate for next year? So whenever you hear me talking about earnings per share, you always say, well, next year they're going to make you know $3.96 a share. That's the estimate. That's not a real number yet because we don't know. But looking backwards doesn't help you as an investor. But so earnings per share is, spec is expressed in dollars per cents. So it's $2.18 per year. Okay, $3.20 per year. 
But the earnings actually come out every quarter as the year goes on. Okay? So that's when they report their earnings every quarter. So what happens is, is then they can tighten up their estimates for the whole year because they let's say right now we're into the third quarter, right? So we had three quarters worth of earnings already. So what's the earnings per share estimate for this year? Well, I have three quarters in, so I'm going to get, all I have to do is guess one quarter and add it to it. And then I got the estimate for the final quarter of 2018. So they get closer and closer, you know, to the actual number because they adjust for it as the year goes on. But it's always expressed in dollars and cents. And so if someone says to you, uh, I'm losing $4.82 per share, earnings per share, that's usually based on the year, and that's very bad. You're losing, you have a company that's losing money. Why would you want to invest in a company losing money? You know how am I, you know, I tell you, buy companies that make money. That's, that, that's kind of a cardinal rule. Does that mean you never buy a company that doesn't make any money? No, you can take a chance. Just know that that is extremely high risk because they're not making any money. What happens to a company that consistently does not make money? They go out of business. So how are they in business if they don't make any money? They're borrowing money. They're issuing more shares. They're issuing bonds. Somehow, somewhere, they're getting money to keep going. But it's a bad deal. You don't want a company that's losing money. Picking up bargains. This is an fifty-two-week lows. Fifty-two-week lows. These were there's a big list, but I only picked out a few that I a few that I thought were looked pretty good to me. And then all I'm doing is reporting that these are at or near lows, 52-week lows. And of course, you know, with the last three days of markets up, they're not at their lows now. Uh, but I'm going to give you the names. Ambabe, Abby, that's a pharmaceutical company. ABBV is a symbol. ABBV pays a 4.8% dividend. IBM. IBM, remember IBM we talked about? They just bought Red Hat. 5.4% dividend. All states. Symbol ALL, kind of a miserly 2% dividend. Constellation Brands, every one of these I'm listing are really big companies, right? You can tell, Constellation Brands. They sell drinks and alcohol. Uh, STZ is their symbol, 1.5% dividend. That's kind of lousy. And my favorite of the list for you income investors is IBM. I'm sorry, not IBM. <laughs> it's AT&T, symbol T. You know what their dividend yield is? 6.6%. 6.6%. So those were some bottom fishing stocks. Now, as I've said, and I've said it before many times, wait till they start moving up. You know, you want to make sure, you're trying to try to ensure as best you can that they have put it in the bottom. And how do you determine that? By looking at a chart. That's all. Look at a chart, a one-year chart, see if they put it in the bottom. <coughs> Excuse me. See if they put in a bomb. Here's a quick reminder. The KPP Premium Newsletter is coming out tomorrow. Comes out every Friday. You can subscribe anytime you want on investtalk.com. Investtalk.com. $19 a month. Comes out every Friday. It's four a month. Okay? So, if you're interested, go to investtalk.com. But for now, we still got about 10 minutes left in the program. So, Let's talk about your finance, what you're interested in. 888-99-CHART.
on the next Invest Talk. One bull expert has predicted that stocks will surge by 8% to hit new record highs by year end. That story tomorrow. But now Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm calling about a stock, TJX, the TJX companies. I uh, was wondering what would be a good entry point for the stock and what your opinion would be for a, a short-term hold. Looking forward to hear your answer on your podcast. Thank you. TJX Company, headquarters out of Farmington, Massachusetts, operates 4,070 off-price apparel and home goods stores with plans to open 238 more uh, in 2018 and 2019, 60% more. Uh, they make money. They've always made money for years and years and years. They're gonna, they made $4 a share last year, and their last year is past, which was their 2008 fiscal year. You know what that means? What? 2018 fiscal year is passed. Now they have estimates for the 2019 $4.93 and for 2020 they have an estimate $5.42. What that means is they don't go by calendar year. They don't go from you know December 31st to December 31st. Their corporation goes in the middle of the third quarter to the middle of the next third quarter. So it straddles a year or it could be the second quarter to the second quarter. So they're, they're, that's how TGX operates, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not unusual. Uh, it's at a high. You know, it, it's really close to a 52-week high. Didn't have much of a correction, really. Went from 112 down to 106 or so. So that stayed pretty, pretty. Uh, it didn't really correct because they had pretty good numbers. Earnings going up 23% this year, then another 10% next year. Sales growth, 12% to 15% pretty consistent the last three quarters. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for a buy point, you want it to either break out or let it pull back again. Because right now it's right near its tie of about $112. Today's selling for $110.14. There's not a lot of room for it to go up there. So you wanted to have it break out, maybe go to 113 uh, and hold it and it keeps going up from there. And then, then there's no resistance because it hasn't been at that price before. Should you buy it at that price? No. No. Because it's too expensive. Their five, five-year PE range is 17 to 26, and right now it's at 26. So, you know, this is why it's having struggle at this price is because it's a very expensive stock and it has trouble going higher because that's the value. I mean, not, actually, I think the value is probably closer to like $80 a share. But, you know, it's overvalued. Now, you can justify it because of the growth, but it could easily fall back down and you've got to wait. If, if you're going to buy, you buy as a momentum stock when it breaks above resistance. That's about $113 a share. Recent study, there was a study of 5,000 people, and they were searching for the true state of the family's financial health with the questions they were asking. You know, all these studies can easily be tweaked by how and what kind of questions you ask. You get the answers that you're looking for. Hopefully, this was a financial study. Hopefully, they weren't doing that. But here's some of the interesting 
stats they came out with. 44% of people said that last year their expenses exceeded their income. 44%. Their expenses exceed. They, in other words, they spent more than they earned last year. How'd they do it? They borrowed money or used credit cards. 44%. 42% said they have no, no retirement savings. None. Okay, I just want you to know, this is pretty depressing. First of all, you have to spend less than you earn. There's no if and buts or what. People say, no, I can't afford it, I can't do it. Almost everybody I've ever talked to that spend more money than they earn can easily spend less money than they earn. They just choose not to. They choose to have that more expensive car when they should have a cheaper car. They choose to go out three or four times a week to eat. They choose to have Starbucks coffee. You know, whatever it is, that's how that works. They don't spend less than they earn, which they should. And not having a, a 42% not having a retirement, that you're choosing that because you're spending every dime you own. Come on. We have to be better than this, people. You 44%ers out there, gotta be better. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. I appreciate you being with me. For podcast listeners, you'll be learning more about our Charts software that is one of our sponsors. Data, research, filtering, charting, that kind of thing. We use Charts a lot. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.